Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name is Nick Nibbling. I'm the creator of Apples and Genos and originator of the Zero-G Draft Strategy. In this podcast, Blake and I are going to give you all the best streamers and ad options for next week so you can start planning early. Let's hit it. Now, of course, I have your friend and my best friend, Blake Creamer, here with me. Blake, how are we feeling tonight? Never gets old. All right. Sweet. So that's exactly the kind of energy. And, you know, is it is it Pixie Sticks again? Yeah, it's got to be. I know. Nate, Nate, have you tried candy cane flavored Pixie Sticks? That's that's the thing. I have not. I think I know, that's my next step here. Yeah, yeah I know you uh, are a big uh, candy cane man. All right. We, we talked about this. All right. But yeah, buddy. It's Christmas time. This is amazing. Yeah, I'm excited about this. Um, yeah, we also had a milestone here at Apples and Genos, didn't we? Oh, my God. We have 1,000 Discord members, over 1,000 now, so that's amazing. Um, and I have mailed out the Apples and Genos oven mitts to one lucky winner. Uh, this is going to be the gift that keeps on giving, folks. I mean, you know, you, you, you're cooking a casserole. You don't want to look at some burnt-up old gray mitt. You want... The Macho Man and the A&G Apple. Running the show. That's how we do. So, yeah, anyways, uh, shout out to our listeners. Thank you so much for your patronage. And, uh, yeah, how you doing, buddy? Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent here. <laughs> That's all right. I think uh, the oven mitt is part of our folklore at this point. So I, I definitely think we need to make space for that in the podcast. I'm doing all right. We are loaded up. I've been off for the last couple of days here. So hanging out with the family. My oldest is still in school but i've been hanging out with my youngest while my wife does all the things on her checklist i'm just trying to stay out of the way but um still got all the things on my checklist done and we're getting into the holiday spirit i will say so hopefully all our listeners are as well merry christmas from us to you if this is the last time you hear us before christmas day but blake why don't we get into some newsies? Let's get this thing started. We got some newsies, but we also got this. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> that's how we do I just sprayed myself in the face. If you're watching on YouTube, that's good content right there. All right. Let's get into the dang news. We got some stuff going on here. First off, we want to head over to Anaheim, and they got reinforcements coming there in Anaheim. We got Mason McTavish and Jamie Drysdale were back last game. Um, they didn't do too much. I mean, McTavish especially only played like 13 minutes. So, you know, it's going to be a slow ramp up. He's been out for a little while. And we got uh, Trevor Zegras skating there, practicing on line one. So he could be back. I mean, maybe as soon as next game, we, we have to, you know, wait and see on that. Um, but bad news, Leo Carlson was injured in the last game. I mean, probably one of those games he should have sat out. Am I right, Nate? <laughs> yeah, I guess that was, that was the one game that they yeah. should have yeah. sat him out and they missed. Pat, yeah. Pat Verbeek, what were you doing? You had one job and you let this man out there. <laughs> no. All right. He's a young, virile 19 year old man. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but, uh, yeah, Mackenzie Weger fell on his leg. It didn't look good. So he's getting tests done just to see the severity there. So, um, I think we should get an update on that tomorrow. So, yeah, but I mean, one center out, another center in. You got Zegris, you got Ziggy. So, um, and I think that guy's a major buy low. If he's out there, definitely worth the roster to see what he does. He only has two points on the season. 
in 12 games, that's not going to stick, right? This guy's going to get, he's going to get some points. He's going to get back off the schneid. So there you go. My two cents. Also, uh, the Dursey Shore, Sean Dursey was back in Arizona's last game. Nice little game too. Played 22 minutes, two assists, um, had a 58% power play share. So that is locked in, right? So I think that's his spot until further notice. So, you know, you can, you pencil him in there. He did have four shots and goals and four, four shots on goal and four blocks as well. So that's nice. So yeah, Dursey's looking good this year. I mean, he's looking reasonable, right? He's, he's filling the role that we thought he might fill. I think he, you know, is going to get going a little bit more than he has so far. Um, and we got to talk about the zucchini man, Matt Zuccarello. No, um, he's on the IR. This is terrible, right? Just in time for Christmas. Oh man. This is not the gift that I want to receive. Um, so they put him on uh, IR on December 20th. So, you know, that sucks. But we're looking at Marco Rossi as the main uh, benefactor there. He's moved up to power play one, uh, which he was moonlighting on before that anyway. But, I mean, this really secures it. And then Nate's favorite player, Marcus Johansson, as well, gets a little fantasy bump. And how about that beefcake, that beautiful head of hair, Marcus Foligno? Um, so I don't know. Are you rostering Marcus Foligno anywhere, Nate? No, but I think he is rosterable in a bangers cats format. But uh, yeah, can't say I'm too excited about rostering him. All right. Well, that's every party has a pooper, right? Um, <laughs> he does have a nice head of hair. Let's agree on that. Um, all right. Let's move on to Tampa. Mikhail Sergachev is day to day with a foot injury. So just keep an eye on his status there. I mean, Victor Hedman is currently doing his thing. This is awesome. Fun fact, Nate. Uh, Hedman has tied his power play points total from last year. 14 in 37 games. So yeah, um, I don't know what he was doing last season. Just just taking a season off, just 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 coasting out there. I don't know what how, what do you think about this? Why is Hedman so much better this year than he was last year? Do you have any thoughts on that? It literally was just the power play. Like under the hood, Hedman didn't look that much different last year, quite honestly. So um yeah, it literally was just the fact that they gave most of the power play time to Sergachev last year and for whatever reason, internal discussions will never truly know. I know there's been some interviews and things where little bits and pieces have come out, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, it sounds like they just decided that he didn't need those extra minutes and they could run Sergachev out there. But this year, he does need those extra minutes. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to make it make sense really, but uh, it is what it is. And yeah, for this season, Hedman's a big win. Yeah, I'm loving it. He's back to back to business, so that's great. Uh, moving on to Minnesota, we got to talk about the Spurge. He spurged everywhere. Jared Spurgeon, what are you doing? All right, come on. Um, he's not quite ruled up for Saturday. I'm sorry about that, everybody. Um, yeah, he's not ruled up for Saturday yet, so keep an eye on his status. But, Nate, this brings up a great question. What are we doing with Brock Faber uh, once Spurgeon returns? Because this guy has been lights out. I mean, you know, maybe the metrics aren't, like, popping off the page or anything like that, but this guy's deployment is. He's had, like, four games, well over 30 minutes um, what are you doing with Brock Faber? Is it all depending on power play for him or is he a hold regardless? Um, I mean, I think you probably just hold him and see where it goes for now, but, um, it's really, it really is dependent. Like his long-term fantasy success is definitely tied to power play one in my mind, because that's where a good chunk of Minnesota's offense is going to come from when they put all those top end guys together when um Kaprizov and Boldy and Joel Erickson Eck and either Zuccarello or Rossi now who's popping off in Zuccarello's absence um when all those guys are together on the ice that's where a lot of their offense does come from when things are rolling right on that top power play so I think like 
if you look at the season, Faber's got a 42-point pace at this point mm-hmm. and 44% IPP and 11.2% on-ice shooting percentage. That, to me, looks like probably the top end of what he's capable of, um, even if he is getting some decent power play time there. And I think in the long run, like... My best best case scenario, I would say, for Brock Faber rest of the season is that it bounces back and forth. But obviously, we'll see what they decide to do with Spurgeon. If they're easing him back in, maybe Faber takes it for another game or two, and then they flip-flop it. And But I think, honestly, they'll just go with whatever's working at any given time. Who would you rather have, a healthy Spurgeon or Brock Faber? Uh, probably Spurgeon. Uh, he's just demonstrated some goal-scoring ability. I don't really think that uh, that's really in Faber's wheelhouse. I think they're not really asking him to play a lot of offense this year either. They're letting him get acclimated, and clearly he's plenty good enough to play defense at the NHL level. So I think uh, for fantasy purposes, Spurgeon would be my choice if I had to. There you go. Clearly a talented player, Brock Faber, like obviously good sure. hockey, right? 30 minutes a night. Yeah. You don't just get that, you know, randomly, like you're, you're doing a lot of things, right? So anyway, shout out to Brock Faber. All right, let's move on. We got to talk about Brian Rust and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, so Rust was on the ice prior to the most recent practice. He is eligible to, eligible to play on January 2nd. So that's just a little piece of news there, but who is Valtteri Pustinen, uh, AKA the diaper, what what are we doing with this man? Um, is is he should he be on our roster at this point, Nate, or is he just a good streamer for Pittsburgh? Yeah, it's tough to say, right? Because it is dependent on deployment here and the fact that he's been getting some of those bigger minutes uh, with the rust injury. Um, it's still the case. Like in the last game, he was still up there on the top power play. I thought maybe when Raquel came back that Raquel would replace him, but they've been finally having some success with the man advantage, which they haven't had for much of the season. So it makes sense that they wouldn't want to tinker too much. Uh, Yeah. I'm basically willing to run with Pushnin in my lineup as long as he's on that top power play. As soon as he comes off the top power play, like, It'll be interesting to see what happens when Russ comes back because, yeah, it's either going to be Pustinen or Riley Smith who gets bounced out of the top six. And obviously, either off the top power play or out of the top six, I think both cases, that's probably the end of the road for Pustinen for fantasy purposes. Yeah, absolutely. But he's going on the all-name team. That's that's a, that's a guarantee right there. Valtteri Pustinen, a.k.a. the diaper. All right, we're running with that. Um <laughs> Also, uh, Ricard Raquel, 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 got to do it. Um, He's sitting on zero goals on the season, but he just played a game over 20 minutes. So just something to keep an eye on, right? He's 24% rostered. This isn't the player he is. Like he he should be doing a lot better than he is. He's massively underachieving. So just keep an eye on Ricard Raquel. He's probably on your waivers right now, but I don't know if he, like you said, if he gets power play one again, we got to pounce on this guy, uh, you know, and and deal with it on the back end. Okay. Last thing I want to talk about um, Aiden Hill and what's going on in Vegas there. Um, He was just placed on injured reserve. His earliest return sounds like it's going to be December 27th. So that's all well and good, but uh, Logan Thompson is day to day as well right now. So now we got a bit of an interesting situation in goal in Vegas. And uh, yeah, your lucky zero G winner is Yuri Patera. All right. Yeah, that uh, that household name, Yuri Patera, uh, who recently got shelled for five goals in his last outing. Um, you know, just keep an eye on the goalie situation in Vegas. This guy could be a good streamer for you, you know, for 
uh, like we'll get into what we want to do this week because it's an interesting slash terrible week to stream. So this, this might this guy might actually be an option for you as a one game stream, but uh, he's out there. But keep an eye on the goalie situation in Vegas. All right, let's get to biz. Nate, you got to tell us what's going on this week. Yeah, so obviously we've got a different week on tap with the Christmas and Boxing Day zero games uh, on Monday, Tuesday to open this week. So we don't get any hockey until Wednesday this week, unfortunately, but we do get 14 games on Wednesday, followed by four games Thursday, and then it's nine games, nine games, nine games. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all have nine games each to round out the week. Um yeah, the good part of that is that you can probably get some players in at least on one or two of those nights. It's pretty rare that you're going to actually fill up your lineup uh, on every single nine-game uh, evening. So you'll definitely have some options around those Friday, Saturday, Sunday, quote-unquote, heavy nights. Uh, so there's still going to be some options, but it is kind of a weird week, and it's going to be pretty tough and pretty limiting for streaming overall. So this is 45 games in total, so it's definitely a light week. They did cram a fair number of games in here. Obviously, we only have one true off night with the Thursday four-game schedule. The fact that we don't have uh, these Monday or Tuesday games is obviously just serving to compress everything here. But basically, we're looking for teams that avoid the Wednesday uh, super heavy night. There's obviously four teams that avoid that. And then... But on the flip side of that, we're also trying to find teams that uh, we can actually stream and fit into our lineups. So really your options just kind of boil down to a one-night Thursday stream and then a Friday-Sunday or Saturday-Sunday team. Or you can do a week-long stream that does the same thing. Philadelphia is the only team that has Thursday, Friday, Sunday as their schedule. And then Edmonton and Montreal are the only teams with Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so really, those are your top three options uh, to stream from if you're looking for something week long. What I will say is in weeks that are difficult to stream well in like this week then streaming goalies for a single game becomes a lot more viable since it's usually a lot easier to hit on a single big goalie game than a single big skater game you know you can dive into the vegas lines you can dive into the advanced stats like i do and uh, check out how the teams have been playing lately and kind of get an idea for who might have a good game for a lot of these goalies a lot of these backup goalies getting into games who's been playing well defensively who's been playing well offensively all those sorts of things so um, usually it's easier to hit on a single game goalie stream than a single game skater stream and so that's definitely an option in weeks like this where it's just difficult overall to find a really strong uh, streaming option in general it's also the type of week to really focus on your lineup to identify if there's anything in your lineup where you're like, man, there's like four, five or six guys here that I could probably be dropping and I wouldn't feel too sad about it. If that's your case, then maybe you want to take a look at the upcoming schedules for weeks even beyond this and you want to identify some guys that you don't really want to be rostering moving forward and you want to just go ahead and grab the priority guys. If somebody else is streaming hard and they drop a, a guy that's a priority, get those waiver claims in if there's somebody out there that's on the wire that shouldn't be on the wire maybe get that guy on your roster this week where most of the moves that we're going to make this week in a lot of cases you know there's probably like one or two moves that can actually get you some games played get you an edge in that regard and then your other couple moves you're probably really not going to get a whole lot out of so if you do have a situation where you've got a lot of kind of replacement level guys and there are some players out there on the waiver wire even if they don't have a great schedule 
schedule, this is probably the week where you want to be exploring those options. Anything to add there, Blake? No, uh, yeah, I echo everything you say there. Um, I, I love, I mean, low-key love. I want to win my weeks, but I love scouring the wire for rest of season holds. That always feels good. When you would drop a guy and you're like, oh, I'm getting this guy. Maybe it doesn't make sense for your week, but Jimmy cracked corn and I don't care, right? Like now I, I got this guy on my team and it's awesome. And, and we got a really awesome uh, list for you later on. We'll get into some of those players that we can look at. For sure. Well, why don't you go ahead and take us into the worst teams to stream, a.k.a. the players that we might want to be dropping based on their team schedule. What a segue. Unbelievable stuff here. Uh, okay, so we got, uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a definitely a worse team here. Um, and it's the Vancouver Canucks. Unfortunately, um, they've got one game this week. It is on the Thursday, that, that Thursday that Nate was talking about. So, you know, definitely think about maybe holding your Vancouver players until after Thursday and then, you know, maybe jump on a Friday, Sunday or a Saturday, Sunday or whatever it is, whatever makes sense for your team. But, um, you know, I might be holding a player until that game is over. But let's look at some of the players that are on the Canucks that we could probably get rid of. And the first one is Bench Koozie. Oh, geez. <laughs> this is this has been really rough. I mean, it I've I've got into it on Twitter a little bit here and there, just talking about um Coach Talkett and the successes that the Canucks have had. Um, but one of the things that yeah, I, I definitely agree with is I'm not a biggest fan of of this treatment of Kuzmeko. Like it doesn't seem like they're trying to boost him up at this point anymore. Like I've seen some tweets out there too, basically saying like they're getting a, a frustrated vibe or an annoyed vibe from Rick Tockett about Andre Kuzmenko and his play. And that's just not a good situation to be in. Like this guy's been scratched for two straight games. You know, I, I think you're certainly dropping him after Thursday, especially if, if he gets in and he only plays like 11 minutes or something like that. Bang. You, that's a no brainer. Get rid of Kuzi on your team. Um, what, what are your thoughts real quick on Kuzmenko and just the situation going on there, Nate? Yeah, I mean, if you guys want to do a 50% retained and send him Toronto's way, I think we could uh, offer you one slightly used Max Domi in return, and we'd be feeling pretty good about that. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> overall, it's definitely a tough scene for fantasy purposes. Like, I, as soon as you see a guy get scratched, like, honestly, once. If a guy gets scratched, like, there's a decent chance he gets scratched again, in my mind. And unless things really start to change and you start to see a coach really start to believe and the minutes really start to go up and be consistent, like I'm just off that player because it's so catastrophic to have these scratch games just come out of nowhere and just ruin your your lineup for the week. And um, you, now you're scrambling to make different ads and your plan goes out yep. the window. It's just not a situation I'm interested in being in. The upside with Kuzmenko, like we thought it wouldn't be as high as it was last year to begin with. And now with this, like it's just hands off for me. Uh, if you are rostering Kuzmenko anywhere still, I'd drop him immediately. Yeah, easy drop until this stuff gets sorted out. It's no question. But, you know, one scratch is a message. You know what I mean? That's a message from the coach. Like, okay, all right, I'll pull up my socks and get, you know, put the hard hat on and let's go. But like two scratches in a row, that's like, I have a problem with you, right? Yeah. Like it's it's a lot different, right? And this is like his fourth scratch of the year. So I don't know. It's tough times for Koozie. I hate it. Best head of hair in the biz, no question. Um, you know, and he's, he's such a beauty too. He has the Pepsi and the banana. I mean, this guy's amazing, but yeah, whatever. Talked a lot on Kuzi. Let's move on. He's going to be a drop. And then, uh, first liner Ilya Makayev as well is going to be, yeah, 
it's an easy drop. Although, yeah, he's a, he's a great player, but not through a one-game week here. You know, maybe hold him for that Thursday, like we said, and then you can easily get off Makayev if you're holding him. Okay, let's move on. There are four teams that only play two games this week. Uh, three of them have zero off nights. So let's uh, let's talk about them first. That's the Arizona Coyotes, Calgary Flames, and the Seattle Kraken. Um, so starting with Arizona, looking at players that are, you know, probably fringe players that we may or may not want to get off of Nick Schmaltz. It's weird. I felt like the first half of the season or the first half of what we've done so far, we're like Nick Schmaltz, Nick Schmaltz. And like the last two or three episodes were like, you can drop Nick Schmaltz. You, you, you can definitely drop Nick Schmaltz. But the truth is he hasn't been lighting the world on fire. He did. He did get a goal the other night, which is really nice. But, um, you know, the thing, the thing with him is like, when you drop him, he's probably going to be there when you want to pick him up again. You know what I mean? No one's like, I got to get him on my team. I got to get Schmaltzy. Oh, some people are, right? Shout out to the fantasy hockey professor. All right. Loves Nick Schmaltz. And I'm with you, buddy. All right. Shout out to Mike. Um, yeah. So Schmaltz is there. And then upstart Matthias Michelli, that shot monster out of nowhere. The guy, you know, he's like a two-face. You know, last season, no, he's Robert Thomas. This season, he's David Pasternak. Okay. <laughs> so that's that's what's happening with Matthias Michelli. And he's bumped Logan Cooley off power play one. So that is a really nice development for Matthias Michelli. Uh, definitely a rosterable player. Should be on a roster. It, but yeah, it's just a, something you're going to have to think about this week. Those are the two players that I think we're questioning the most about dropping with Arizona. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, it is tough. Schmaltz, I had mentioned before, like it really did seem like there was something else going on. Mm -hmm. And then he did put together a nice little game here in the last outing. So... Yeah, when he has a goal and an assist and three shots, he had three shots game before that as well. He's obviously still playing his full complement of minutes, 19 and a half minutes, both of the last two games. Um, that part still feels good. Uh, it is a player that, you know, I've talked about a long time. I've still been having him in my long-term holds, rest-of-season holds all throughout. I still think that this is a player that you're going to want on your roster uh, at some point, but whether yeah. that's next week, I don't know uh, if, this is the bottom of your lineup and there is a legitimate ad out there to make that's actually gonna get you some games played uh, then i'm i'm okay with it uh, but in general i'm trying to keep nick schmaltz on my teams yeah and then michelli too like where are you at with that player michelli is doing really well um hot at the moment uh, I'd love to keep him, but he's not at that same level for me. And we just haven't seen a level yeah. of production sustained for a long enough time to say this is anything really more than a hot streak. The underlying numbers are solid with Michelli, but they have dipped already since the start of the streak. Um, so that could be an indication that it's coming to an end here, or he could get back on the, on the horse here with the top power play and things start to can or continue, I guess, to, to click. But uh, I, I just feel much less prioritized about Michelli and I imagine the rest of your league does too. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that all makes sense. That all tracks a um, couple more players. You're probably looking at potentially dropping and probably dropping Jay-Z big pimpin Jason Zucker. Uh, yeah, that uh, we're, we're probably not holding him, although his metrics are better than the first two players that we talked about, especially over the last five games. That's fine. And then how about Alex Kerfoot, that stud, that points league beauty. He's just popping off. He's getting assists all over the place. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> what are Alex Kerfoot? Oh my God. It is this is, you know, I love when players like this kind of come out of the woodwork, you know, like this guy's getting 20 minutes a night, Alex Kerfoot. I mean, you watched him play. Why is he getting 20 minutes a night, Nate? Uh, that's a great question and not one I'm prepared to answer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, 
there's just no way like even with all this uh, production that he's been putting out there he's now on an eight goal 51 point pace on the season he ranks 413th in shots per 60 on the season like i'm just not interested he's got a 60 uh 69 ipp oh no that's kadri sorry he's got a 67 percent ipp it was almost nice but it was nice but then it now it's not as nice yeah so yeah that's the story of alex kerfoot's career almost nice but not (laughs) all right nice yeah again it's on his business card right (laughs) um do hockey players have business cards i don't know when they'd be like professional hockey player alex kerfoot right here five points (laughs) in five games there you go um yeah that's what they do on tinder as well uh just their player card where am I going with this? Uh, let's move on. We got to talk about the Calgary Flames and what's going on. Let's fan the Flames in Calgary. So, yeah, the aforementioned Nazem Kadri. Um, you know, he's out there. We're, we've got to think about what we want to do with Kadri, Noah Hannafin, and Blake Coleman. Oh, Blake Coleman's been amazing for me this week and last week. I'm I'm just gonna hold him till the wheels fall off. I don't give a damn. Uh, no, I do actually, I'll probably drop them, but of those three <laughs> players. Yeah. Like where, where are you at? Kadri in particular and Kadri and Hannafin. Let's start there. Uh, Hannafin, I think is a clear drop. Didn't get any power play time last game, uh, for this week. I think like long-term Hannafin is just a guy who's going to get his 40 to 45 points every single year. He's going to give you a little bit in shots, a little bit in hits, a little bit in blocks, he just contributes across all categories. And he's perfectly fine fourth or 50 uh, in most formats. Uh, but it's not a player that I feel like I have to hold through a really yep. bad week like this. So if there's options out there and Hannafin's at the bottom of your roster, I'm not going to feel sorry about letting him go. Kadri's more interesting. 25th in shots per 60 over the last five games. He's got f- f- uh, four points in the last five games here. Um, obviously still top power play and all those things uh, for the flames that one's definitely tougher i'm trying to hang on to kadri actually he's on a 60 point pace for the season and yep. i think he could actually do better than that just a 9.6 percent on ice shooting percentage that could come up um definitely his 7.6 percent shooting percentage is going to come up so overall i'm trying to hang on to kadri because i do actually think there's some upside there and then blake coleman i would definitely be dropping his metrics have started to tank again blake coleman does this he gets very hot uh, for a short period of time and then he gets very cold again he's a little bit like nino niederreiter in that sense uh you can definitely stream him when he's hot and he's going to perform for you but he's definitely going to go cold again the underlying metrics are trending that way already and so in a bad week i'm just not going to take that chance or if you're like me you stream him in before he gets hot bang that's how we get to biz (laughs) got totally lucky with blake coleman in three spots so yeah he helped me win some matchups last week thank you blake coleman for your service yeah, and then, so, I agree with all that there. Kadri's the one you probably want to hold on to. Um, Jonathan Huberdo, please, please leave. You must go now. Um, but look at Jonathan Huberdo's metrics in the last five games. Not terrible, hey, Nate? Like, not even Jonathan Huberdo-like. Like, this guy's 76 overall in shots of goal for 60, 88th in individual course he for, 95th in individual scoring chances for? That's, that doesn't, that that's, what is he doing? I mean, is he, is he turning a corner here, Nate? What do you think? Uh, I don't know if he's really turning a quarter, but it is nice that the underlying metrics are at least there. I think he's just lost all trust uh, there in Calgary at this point. And like you would take a massive, massive, long, extended hot streak for him to really get elevated back up the lineup and used a whole bunch. Like, um, yeah, I think they obviously want Huberto to get going and make that contract not look so terrible. But yeah, yeah I just 
I can't be trusting Jonathan Huberto at this point. The one player that is a little bit more interesting is Igor Sharangovich. Four goals, six points in his last five, over 20 minutes a night. Uh, underlying metrics are still bad there. He's yeah. shooting 31% through this stretch. On the season, he's shooting just under 17%, and that's a 27-goal pace for the season. So... Um, it's again a spot where the player's producing, the player's hot, and so you can try to hang on to him for that. But again, I'm not going to feel bad about dropping Igor Sharangovich. He's not really given us a lot of indication at any other point throughout his career that he's really going to be a producing player. He has had looks alongside players like Jack Hughes in the past and not really produced at a yeah. high level. So this is really the first time we're seeing it. Maybe it's for real. Maybe he's truly taking a step here and he'll continue to get 20 plus minutes a night for the rest of the season. But I would bet against that personally yeah absolutely i mean the deployment is really nice like when a, when a player gets this kind of deployment it's yeah he has the trust of the coach right and he's out there shorthanded as well he's killing penalties like it's it's yeah it's an interesting player he's definitely this is going to be a career year for him regardless of, of of what he does but yeah i think i'm not hanging on to uh, yegor sharon govich no um all right let's move on to the seattle kraken and look at some of the players that are going to be fringe players here and we got to start with uh Ily tolvanen Nate, tell me about Ely Tolvanen and what you're doing with this player. I feel like you have some feelings about this. I do. Tolvanen's been really strong uh, for a good portion of the season now. On the season, pacing for 22 goals, 51 points. But really, it's been the last, I don't know, 15 games or so that he's really started to come into his own. He's established a line alongside Oliver Bjorkstrand, who's also up for consideration here. Um, both of those two, actually, I would be trying to hang on to if I could. Um, Bjorkstrand's underlying metrics have fallen off a little bit, but Tolvanen's still up there, 61st in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60 over the last uh, five games here. He's got three goals in his last five games. Hasn't gotten into any assists, but the three goals is solid. Bjorkstrand has five points his last five games. They're both averaging over 16 minutes a night. Seems like that line is pretty set in stone and some consistency in a Seattle Kraken lineup that typically doesn't have it is uh, a little bit more interesting to me. So Tolvanen and Bjorkstrand are the two from Seattle that I think I'm actually trying to hang on to if I can. Um, if I absolutely had to, I might drop them, but I am really trying to avoid it. Yeah, there you go. It's nice. It's different times in Seattle these days. Yeah, give me some consistency. Like that. That's that's all we care about in fantasy. Like just give us something that's predictable. And yeah. that team has not been predictable historically. Uh, so the other players you're looking at there, Matty Beniers and Jordan Eberle. Matty Beniers actually, like I, he would be a drop to me, but like he looks good out there. He's a slick player. Um, it's just not translating to really some of these metrics or even on ice production, right? But I do like the player. I think he might be, you know, he, he might be a good one. Obviously, he won the Calder in a weak class, in my opinion. But um, yeah, it's, I, I like what I see when I watch the player. Um, and then Jordan Eberly, yeah, he's just, he does what he does and you, we can't ever expect him to do anything more. So I think both those players are probably pretty clear drops, but I'm with you. I like Bjorkstrand a lot, actually. I like him more than Tolvin and I don't know. Uh, and he's, his name is the Jerk Store, Nate. All right. You got to get on these nicknames. All right. <laughs> it can't just be me pissing off our listeners. All right. I need you on board with me. All right. Can, can I get a heck yeah? Heck yeah. Sweet. All right. That's a verbal contract. Everybody, you heard it. <laughs> Let's move on. All right. We got to talk about Vegas. Uh, they're the other team with two games. They do have a one off night, though. They play, what is it? The, oh yeah, they play the Thursday. So 
Um, yeah, you're looking at Ivan Barbashev. Bobby Joe, I got a tooth cut on the screen door again. Um, so yeah, Ivan Barbashev, you can, he's doing okay, but I don't know. Yeah, I think you can drop him. Braden McNabb, depending on your format, like that guy's very valuable in a, in a, anything with banger waiting, banger league format, but you know, it's not a must hold guy. And then Chandler Bing Stevenson. Yeah. These guys on Vegas, I'm not too pumped about, but yeah, Barbashev five points in the last five games. That's pretty nice. Vegas looks good this year, regardless of their goalie. Like they're, they're doing the thing, man. I think they're that it's Vegas and the Canucks at the top of the league right now, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. I think Barbashev is the one guy that gives you some pause just because of how hot he is. He's never a player that shows out well in the underlying metrics, and he's hasn't the last little bit either, despite the production. 211th in shots for 60, 160th in individual scoring chances for per 60. Even despite playing on that top line alongside Jack Eichel, the on-ice numbers are not good. 187th in Corsi 4 per 60, 145th in scoring chances for per 60. So, um, yeah, overall, I'm not excited about Barbashev. Barbashev moving forward. I think he's gotten a little bit lucky here with the 50% shooting percentage his last five games. Yeah, I think you can drop Barbashev for this week. Come on, Bobby. Let's go party. Ivan Barbashev. I got, I'm going to try and think of some more things to say uh, next time we talk about Ivan Barbashev's name. All right, uh, just leave it with me, everybody. All right, I know what you need, and I got the good stuff. All right, let's move on. We got to talk about the best teams to stream or, again, as Nate likes to call it, Cream's Dream Streams. All right, that's coined by Nate. That's trademarked. <laughs> All right. Um, the the Like Nate already mentioned, there's no real clear winners here, right? There's a lot of teams that play three games. You know, we want to focus on those Thursdays, right? Um, but... Um, if anyone does have the best streaming schedule, it's going to be Philadelphia with three games played and the one off night. They play Thursday, Friday, Sunday. So we got to look at some of the streamers there and they have some good ones, right? I mean, we're looking at players like uh, Couturier, Sean Couturier, Cam Atkinson, Joel Farabee. Um, and then, you know, a little deeper down the lineup, Tyson Forrester, um, Rasmus Ristolainen, who has recently been taken off power play one uh, in favor of Cam York. And then Morgan Frost, the tinkly winkly man. So I don't know, of those players on Philadelphia, who are, who are you looking for? I mean, obviously, I think Couturier goes to the top of the list. Just his deployment is so secure. You know, he's going to get tons yep. of minutes he's going to get tons of opportunity and that's obviously one of the best indications of actual point production so there's that um so yeah i think couturier is the kind of obvious top end guy you know this game that they played against this crazy game they played against detroit here today i don't know how much stock you want to put into it you have a bunch of guys who put up a couple points joel Farabee had to assist there um yeah i mean overall I think you're just really looking to find some find some consistency, find those guys with that consistent deployment like we talked about with the Seattle uh, group there. Unfortunately, in this game, they did something a little bit inconsistent with their top power play. They took out Rasmus Ristolainen, and they've gone back to Cam York. It seems like Cam York is like the, the X that they just keep going back to for John Tortorella on the yeah, top the power play. Prize right there. Yeah, he keeps going, keeps going to other people, trying it out, trying something new, keeps coming back to Cam York. Um, maybe this time will stick, but you can't trust that. Uh, but the bigger news was actually Owen Tippett getting on the top power play, but that's at the expense of Tyson Forster, mm -hmm. um, who is actually going to be one of the better streaming options for this week. So, 
Uh, take that for how you will. Morgan Frost is still on the top power play. He did have a goal in this game, but he's never really been somebody who pops in the underlying metrics. And that's obviously a little bit scary if you're looking ahead. Uh, he's 99th in shots per 60 over the last five games, so that part's okay, but I'm just not excited about it. Really, it's Sean Couturier and then Cam Atkinson at least shoots, but he's been awfully cold the last little bit, and so it's hard to get excited about him. It's really Sean Couturier and then a whole bunch of I don't know after that for me right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it bears repeating, like, Owen Tippett, he's 53% rostered on Yahoo. So go get Owen Tippett. I would take, you know, if he's on power play one, damn. Like, this guy is a sh shot beast. He's just, you know, chucking shots at the net. And he's and he's starting to get rewarded for it, right? And there's a tweet that um, uh, Tortorello put out. He didn't put it out, but someone interviewed him. And he said, yeah, I should probably be playing Owen Tippett a little bit more, right? Uh, yeah. You think torts like, can we get this guy? <laughs> like, it's because he's, he has red hair. I think there's some discrimination there, but that's, <laughs> that's my, I don't know. I wouldn't even say that. I don't know. Tortorella. He seems like a beautiful man. Does a lot for charity. So shout out to you torts. I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, also I do have to, you know, the tinkly winkly man. I forgot. I used to call Morgan Frost, the tinkly winkly man. I was listening to an old episode uh, because Morgan <laughs> Frost is his alter ego, right? That's his, that's his identity when he's not, super villain the tinkly winkly man so that's where i'm going with that just to explain the joke because when you explain a joke it makes it funnier doesn't it <laughs> every single time like i'm just it. dying now because you yeah. took the time to explain it and now it makes sense and now i'm dying of laughter yeah, and I would definitely recommend going over to YouTube and checking out Nate's uh, reactions to this joke. Because <laughs> if you want to see pure joy personified, it's right there. <laughs> right there on the screen, people. So get your biscuits over there. I digress. <laughs> All right, so that's that's Philly. That's what they're doing. All right, let's move on to the other teams that uh, Nate talked about early on, the Edmonton Oilers and the Montreal Canadiens. Some CanCon, some Canadian content right here. Um, they've got three games played with one off night. They all play... They all, the two teams play Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, Edmonton pretty stinky for uh, streamers, but, or are they? Nate, are the Edmonton or stinky for, for streamers? We're, we're looking at Ekholm, who is actually, you know, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Ekholm is awesome. I have him in two spots and he's been crushing. So definitely go get uh, Ekholm for, for this week if you need, if you're going to stream a week-long stream. And then how about Warren Fogle? What? Talk to me about Warren Fogle. Well, I can't even say the man's name properly. Nate, help me out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Warren Fogle is one of those guys who you really don't expect anything from, but uh, then you take a look up and all of a sudden he's playing with Leon Dreisaitl, he's scoring goals, and his underlying metrics have just kind of always been terrific. He's kind of got the Evan Rodriguez syndrome where he pumps shots, he gets tons of scoring chances, but he cannot convert for the life of him. And that's kind of been the story of his career. Um, so yeah, Warren Fogle, if you absolutely, if you're in the deepest of leagues and you absolutely need a forward stream and Edmonton's uh, schedule fits your lineup, um, there's a scenario I can see in which you might stream Warren Fogle. Are you going to be excited about it? No, you are not, but there is a scenario in which you might do that. So take that for what it's worth. As you mentioned, though, yeah, Matthias Ekholm, the guy you're looking at from this team, even just for points straight up, I would take Ekholm over Fogel, despite the deployment for uh, Fogel. Ekholm skating 22 minutes a night. He's ninth amongst all defensemen. Shots for 60 the last five games. Fourth nice. in Corsi 4 per 60. Ninth in scoring chances 4 per 60. It's just uh, all arrows pointing up for Ekholm right now. And so I'm, I'd am i be pretty excited to stream him actually for next week. 
Yeah, absolutely. This message approved by Warren Fogel. Um, let's move on. All right, we'll talk about the Montreal Canadiens. And there's a few other options here, some interesting ones. Sean Monaghan being one. I did stream him in for the back-to-back this week here, and then I punted him. But yeah, he was he got me something. He got me an assist or something like that. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Sean. Uh, Caden Gooley as well. Uh, another guy going on the old name team. That's a cool name, Caden. That reminds me of Mortal Kombat, like Raiden. You remember Raiden? <laughs> yeah. You ever played? That's before your time. But uh, well, actually, what was your time? Did you play fighting games, Nate? Like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Killer Instinct, all these? Not a lot. I was definitely more like just the sports and the NHL and Madden and those, but uh, I did play some, so I know what you're talking about. You, you strike me as an RPG guy. Are you hiding some RPG in there? Uh, no, uh, to be quite honest with you, I never really did. I kind of felt like if I did get into that, I'd get lost in it a little bit, so uh, I didn't get into that. I played, yeah, more recently, like once when I was first married and we didn't have kids and responsibilities, I played like League of Legends and stuff like that, but... Ooh. Uh, I never really got into the RPGs. Okay, buddy. All right, we'll take it offline. I got lots of games for you, all right? I spent (laughs) basically my entire childhood playing games. So there you go. That's why my skin is so pale. It's from lack of vitamin D. I don't go outside. I don't see the sun. So anyways, I'm moving on. Um, So yeah, Sean Monaghan, Caden Gooley, I digress. Josh Anderson as well, who's been playing well lately. Um, And then how about uh, Juraj Slavkovsky? Um, This guy's actually getting a little bit of burn here. And are we interested in this player, Nate? Because he's, he's definitely picked up his game as of late. Yeah, I mean, he's got three points his last five, 250th in shots per 60 over that span, 137th in individual scoring chances, four per 60. He's been getting this deployment, top line, top power play for a bit of time here. So, I mean, that part's good, but I just remain uh, pretty unexcited about it. Like, um, yes, you can roster him. Yes, he's in a good position, but like... I just have no confidence that he's not going to just completely goose egg me next week. So yeah, it's really just tough from that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, the only reason I brought it up is because I saw a tweet um, where someone was quoting the professor, Michael Matheson, basically t- saying about this man, he's really coming together. He's a lot more certain of himself on the ice. He's playing with lots of confidence, using his body. And once he realizes how big he is, he's going to be scary. That's from the professor talking about Yuri Slavkovsky. So, I mean, if the professor is shouting you out, like, you got to take notice, Nate. All right. The professor. All right. He's, he's got a degree. <laughs> all right. So yeah. Anyways. Um, and then Brendan Gallagher is out there as well. If you're interested in that, I'm not, I mean, who are you taking of these, these players here, Nate? Yeah. I mean, Monaghan's the clear one from Montreal, um, far and away the best stream from Montreal, in my opinion. Gouli is actually a pretty legitimate option from the back end. The one thing I will say about Montreal as well, like obviously none of the guys after Monaghan are all that compelling, but they also have Carolina, Florida, and Tampa next week. So they got a bit of a murderer's row in terms of teams that tend to dominate shot share. And so it's going to be a, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough, a tough road to hoe for any of these Montreal guys to really uh, score anything. And so I think Monaghan's the guy because of the top power play and the history that he's had this year, just a solid year. He's clearly been feeling it for most of the year. Um, Still just a 49 point pace. That's like the level of excitement we get out of our Montreal streamers is a 50 point pace. Uh, That's what we consider to be good coming out of there. But uh, yeah, I mean, Caden Gooley in a categories league, especially is a decent look. Josh Anderson's been relatively hot the last little bit, three goals, four points in his last five and the underlying numbers back that up. So he's doing his thing where he gets hot for 
yeah again it's the it's the same effect right it's the nino niederreiter effect where he gets hot for five to seven games and then he goes missing again for the next 36 uh so josh anderson you could try to stay in the flames there and then slavkovsky uh yeah i just I just can't get excited about Slavkovsky until we see some sustained um, level of production and underlying numbers. He's never had the underlying numbers to make me think that there's going to be continued success. Yep, absolutely. I agree with all of that. That's nice work. All right. So what we're going to do is um, this next little section here, we want to talk about the teams that play on Thursday. They play on that off night. These, this is even more important this week than ever because of, of the way that the, the week is structured. So we're just going to talk about the five teams that play on Thursday and give you some players. And Nate's going to pick from those players. So let's see what we do here. First, um, the teams that play on the Thursday are the Carolina Hurricanes, the Los Angeles Kings, San Jose Sharks, uh, the Vancouver Canucks, the Vegas Golden Knights. There's got to be one more in there, Nate. I'm not seeing the show sheet, but what is it? I don't I know. I think we got them all because Philly, okay. Edmonton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. We got Sweet. it. Yeah, that's why Nate's here. All right. To keep the keep us on the rails. Okay. So let's talk about these other teams. So Carolina, we're looking at the Bunt Cake, Michael Bunting, Jesperi Katkanyemi, and Brady Shea. Who are you picking of those three? Yeah, it's kind of a weird spot, but I think I might take Bunting. Uh, it's weird because he is playing on the fourth line, uh, but he has been on the top power play, and that's kind of the best of what you're going to get there. Like, Kakanyemi's been playing 12 minutes a game. His underlying numbers are actually really good, um, but... Man, it's so hard to take anybody there. Uh, I mean, Brady Shea, if you need a defenseman, that might be honestly an even better and more consistent look. He's power play two uh, at the moment. As long as D'Angelo's out, he gets power play two. So that's also a look. Uh, I'll, I'll say bunting, but I'm not excited about any of them. Okay, and I'm going to have to go with bunting as well because I just want to say bunt cake again. But yeah, power play. That's probably a team I'm staying away from on that Thursday unless I absolutely have to stream someone in from there. Um, let's move on to the LA Kings and check this out. Quinton Byfield is 49% rostered. Damn. Okay, Quinton Byfield, PLD, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Philip Deneau, Arthur Kaliev, and then Matt Roy on the LA Kings. Of those five, let a big surprise here. Nate, who are you taking? I'm taking Quentin Byfield here. You just have to, <laughs> in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Um, honestly, like his underlying metrics have not been all that uh, compelling of late. He's only got two assists his last five games. Things have fallen off a little bit from the uh, big streak that he was on, but he was kind of redlining throughout that streak. So that part is not all that um that tough to believe in really uh you still got the deployment as long as he's line one power play one you have to be excited about quentin byfield and if he's been dropped in your league you should definitely add him yep it's a no-brainer and that's what we're talking about here like you could go michael bunting or you could get quentin byfield like what are we <laughs> doing here you go get quentin byfield and you lock it in immediately and probably hold him rest of the season so there you go uh that's an easy one for me kaliev does look good though damn like he's a really good player um i love the way he shoots like it's it's like i can see the statistics the the advanced metrics when i'm watching the player i'm like oh boom there's another one there's a high danger like i'm just watching this man do what he does right um so he's he's an interesting player i hope he has a good career and maybe carves out a little bit more of a role for himself there on the kings but anyways that's just waxing poetic on kaliev but yeah byfield's the one there let's move over to san jose san jose sharks we're looking at still Tomas the Turtle Hurdle at 50%, Mikhail Granlund, William Eklund, Fabian Zetterlin, and then Philip Zadina. Uh, Nate's recent, uh, you know, uh, love in fantasy hockey. Uh, who are you taking here? 
<laughs> yeah, it's a little bit interesting. Like Zadina got up on the top line. They scratched Barabanov kind of late uh, and yeah. Zadina just got thrust into his place and he had a really nice game on the top line. So I don't know if they'll continue to keep that going, but it's worth noting in your absolute deepest of leagues. Yeah. Um, realistically, like Granlund, Eklund, Zetterlund, and then Mike Hoffman has been up on the top power play right. along with Thomas Hurdle. I'm not into Hoffman whatsoever. Zetterlund has had a really nice uh, run under the hood, but it's kind of come crashing down the last few games, so that's a little bit scary. None of these guys look good under the hood, but I will take William Eklund. He's got three points his last five, 26th in the league in both Corsi 4 and scoring chances for over the last uh, five games here, so he's been driving some play. I wow. uh, like yep. to see that, and I'm into Eklund for that reason. Love it. I got to go with my boy Hurdle. All right. I got to go with Old Faithful. All right. It, it makes me feel good inside. But yeah, Willie, William Eklund, this guy's a player. Um, just needs some surrounding cast there on the team. Um, but this guy's he's got great offensive acumen and, and can clearly handle the minutes that he's getting. So I like that. All right. We talked about the Vancouver Canucks a little bit, but um, for that team, we're looking at Ilya Mikhaev, uh, Pew Suter, and Nils Hoaglander. And then Big Koozie if he's out there. But I mean, damn. You know, we already talked about that. Of these four studs on the best team in the league, who are you taking me? <laughs> yeah, if you are grabbing somebody from Vancouver just for that one night, that Saturday or that Thursday night that they do play next week, it's got to be Ilya Mikheyev for me. Mm -hmm. uh, if he is available, he's just got the best metrics. Um, he's got the best production on the season. He's got the most cemented role in my mind. It's got to be Mikheyev. Yeah, he's playing with Petey. All right, and he this guy skates like a gazelle. He's amazing out there. Love that player. Um, they really missed him last season. I think it's the uh, that reason and that reason alone that they sucked so bad last year. Right? No Ilya Mikhaev. All right, so that's uh, that's a hot take. Um, that's what we call a spicy nug, right, Nate? Absolutely. Sweet. Thank you for the validation. Um, let's move on. Last team, the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, I'm not going to do it again. But we're looking at Barbashev. We're looking at McNabb, and we're looking at Stevenson. Of those three units. Who are you rolling with? It's got to be Barbashev there for all the reasons we already talked about. Uh, top line, he's on a hot streak right now. You just hope he keeps it up for one more game. Yep, there you go. I'm taking Barbie as well. And that's that. Those are really the teams. But again, this is an exciting um, week to sort of pick a player up that maybe you want to hold the rest of the season, right? So every other team we didn't mention plays either Friday, Sunday, or Saturday, Sunday. So there you go. Nate, take it home. Let's talk about the best players to stream. Yeah, so I'm ranking everyone here as we do. I'm really just picking from the three teams, Philadelphia, Edmonton, Montreal, that we talked about at the start as week-long streams. I played with this. I even made a bunch of changes to this uh, this ranking as we were uh, talking about the teams uh, here. It's just, it's gross. Uh, we'll put it that way. Couturier is the clear number one in my mind, uh, tier above everyone else, the... Production is there some weeks and it's not there other weeks, but the deployment is absolutely guaranteed with Sean Couturier and he has been quite decent the last little bit, but skating over 21 minutes a night through the last five games, you just have to feel good uh, about Sean Couturier as a old reliable type streamer option for the week. Matthias Ekholm, I bumped up all the way to number two. Uh, I just feel like 
it's such a big opportunity playing 22 minutes a night with the Oilers. The way they're going, his underlying metrics are through the roof, and it really seems like he's being asked to do a little bit more offensively than he ever has before, obviously through most of his career in Nashville. And honestly, he did have that one stretch in Nashville uh, where I believe Yossi went down and he went on the top power play and he produced like a fantasy stud for like yeah. a pretty solid stretch so um yeah i'm into matthias at home i actually think he's probably the second best streamer for the week but definitely a tier below couturier for me sean monahan would be the only other consideration to at home kind of a same tier situation for me monahan's just getting obviously consistent top power play deployment there and has been pretty decent the last little bit, three points since last five. So I'll take him there. Then you go down, and honestly, you could throw all these guys into a hat and shuffle them up and deal them out anyway, and I wouldn't feel too sad about how it came out. But I've got Cam Atkinson at number four, followed by Morgan Frost, Tyson Forster, Joel Farabee, Cam York, Josh Anderson, and your boy Warren Fogle. Uh, so I would love it uh, if Warren Fogle was my boy. All right. <laughs> Call me Warren. <laughs> that's uh that's how i'll do it obviously cam york dependent on top power play if i felt really confident that he was going to keep top power play he might actually move up the list a little bit but uh yeah it's basically just any of those top nine philly forwards that you could look at uh if the top three on this list are already rostered and then yeah josh anderson you can try to stay in the relative flames there with him but as i mentioned montreal has a bit of a murderer's row next week too so that doesn't look too exciting and then Fogel, you can just hope that Dreisaitl uh, sets him up for a few can't misses and he doesn't have to place his shots too too hard. There you go. Uh, what do you think about this list, Blake? Any changes you'd make? God, this is painful, right? This is just a this is just a gross list, but that's only because of the week that we're looking at. So yeah, I love uh, the Matthias Ekholm love. I'm here for it. I want to see this guy do well. Um, yeah, like I said, I've got him in three spots, and he's really been producing for me. Like old, like old faithful, basically very reliable, and chips in with the occasional point, and he's out there with great players. So yeah, I love that. I I like him at second there too. That's that's it's not even spicy. That's just reasonable. All right, let's keep rolling. Hits and blocks. So for hits, Nicolas Delorier is the top of the list off of Philadelphia. Then Matthias Ekholm, who's actually been throwing the body a fair bit in this last little stretch, uh, especially. So um, you can try to stay hot with the blocks, if that's a term that we can use, or stay hot with the hits, rather. I don't know if that's really a thing, but uh, we can we can try it out, see how it goes. Hashtag stay hot with the hits. Oh, yeah. That's, that sounds weird. All right, let's move on. Uh, Keaton Gooley makes this list. Uh, Gooley's definitely a hits blocks uh, across the board, a little bit of a monster and all those things. So that's a good option. Nick Sealer and Rasmus Ristolainen off of Philadelphia also do that thing. Best for blocks ranked David Savard is back from Montreal, and that's pretty much his greatest contribution to the sport of hockey is that he blocks everything and anything around him. So he's the top option there, followed by Gooley, Ristolainen, Sean Walker, who does a bit of that, and then Nick Sealer again. Any thoughts on the hits and blocks guys here, Blake? Love it. Hot for hits. Um, yeah, that's another, we're, we're trying things out here. Uh, no, it's great. Um, I do want to shout out Chris Tanev, even though he, you know, that's, they don't play the three games, but this guy had a 10 block game the other night, Chris <laughs> Tanev, that he, he's going to be a free agent, uh, or he's going to be like one of those trade targets, uh, come, you know, uh, trade deadline time. So keep an eye on Chris Tanev, 10 blocks. What are you doing? My man, it took out his last two teeth. It's terrible. <laughs> 
All right, let's keep going and talk about the best players to add for the future. Long-term plays here, guys, that you might want to pick up, especially in this week, and hang on to potentially for the rest of the season if all things work out well. I actually wrote this list before Quentin Byfield came available, so that's why you won't hear him here. But I do want to talk about the five that I did have in here because I think they're all pretty interesting. Top of the list is still Nick Schmaltz. Uh, I do believe that at some point, whether... It's just the injury healing or whatever the underlying reason for the latest cold stretch is. Maybe that's already broken with this latest game with a couple of points. And he's going to get hot from here and just be on fuego for the rest of the season, perhaps. Who knows? But I do think Nick Schmaltz will get hot at some point and be probably the best player under 50% rostered in terms of point production for the rest of the season. Troy Terry, number two here. Didn't have any points in the last game, uh, but still continuing to do that thing. And he's got reinforcements on the way, which should only help his case. Josh Norris, that beautiful streamer. Uh, one of the best decisions I've ever made in my entire life was to pick Josh Norris for the head-to-head oh, -head streamer deathmatch. Um, followed very closely by one Gabriel Velarde, who we'll get to in a moment. But uh, yeah, Josh Norris, absolutely feeling it right now. And yeah, a guy that obviously I was campaigning for because his metrics yeah. suggested that he should get there. His deployment suggested that as well. And things have continued. Dylan Strom makes a list here. We had a couple of graduates uh, from this list from the last time around. So we got a couple new names as well. Dylan Strom has kind of cemented himself, honestly, in my opinion, as top line center for Alex Ovechkin and top power play. And I think that's going to mean a lot of points coming Dylan Strom's way. And he's been up to the task so far. You've seen this with Strom uh, when he does get attached to good players. I don't think he's necessarily good enough to uh, really elevate an entire line on his own. But when he gets attached to good players, he's absolutely able to play off them and to play well with them. And so I think Strom has kind of, yeah, now reached a point where I feel like he's a little bit locked in. I think they're just totally disenfranchised with Kuznetsov there, and Strom's a little bit locked in, and so that's why I'll give him this billing here. And then lastly, Kirill Marchenko, who scored an absolutely nasty between-the-legs top yeah. cheese goal the other night as part of a hat-trick. Uh, you've heard me talk about Marchenko and my love for this player. I think he's terrific, and it really does seem like the Marchenko, uh, Chinikov, and Voronkov line is just like the one line that Pascal Vincent absolutely loves for no apparent reason. I don't know exactly why, but uh, hey, we can we can take that and we can get excited about Kirill Marchenko as a result. Sub 20% rostered, Sam Bennett has dipped below this. Now, they did play around with the lines. They moved to Chuck to the Barkov line, probably just trying to get to Chuck going. I think in the long term, you probably see Bennett with to Chuck and Verhage because that has been a line with a lot of success in the past. But regardless, Bennett is still kind of doing the thing. He's still pumping shots, doing what he does. It's really just been that the players around him haven't been scoring. And so he's got a little bit of that Dylan Strom element where if the players around him aren't completely popping off, then it's hard for him uh, to get those points. But 11th in Corsi, 4 per 60. 21st in scoring chances, 4 per 60 uh, is Sam Bennett over the last five games. And he's got three points there as well. So definitely like Sam Bennett, sub 20% rostered, sub 10%. 
100% rostered. You can still grab Marco Rossi, who obviously had a huge game. And yeah, he's making a case right now. Five points his last five games, including the three-point night the other night. I think uh, Rossi's making a case for himself to stick around in a lot of these conversations. And he's clearly at least the sixth man for that top power play. Whenever somebody's injured, he's going to be there. And that's going to make him rosterable rest of season in a fair amount of formats in my mind. Your thoughts, Blake? Yeah, no, I love uh, when uh, Marchenko was popping off there. I was thinking about you. That was, yeah, like it's it's long overdue. This player is, he, he's a great player and he's starting to get prioritized. And I really like that. So yeah, shout out to uh, Marchenko. Um, I was also, I always, when you do this section, I always kind of just search through and see if there's any players that maybe snuck through the cracks here. And, you know, I do think, n- not that he's, must roster by any means, but Trevor Zegras. Like, again, we need to look at Trevor Zegras. I was also looking at uh, Nick Paul just for kind of his recent production. Not really, again, the numbers that are happening. But, I mean, he's he's on the top power play, and he's getting top six deployment there in Tampa. So just someone to keep an eye on if he's out there, right? Like, he's sub-20% Nick Paul. So um, when Tampa has a good schedule, he certainly should be on our roster. But, yeah, he's got, like, six points in his last two games. So, um, yeah, those. but it's a great list. Yeah, Nick Paul is a good shout. He actually did get up on the top line with Kucherov and Point in the last game, as well as the top power play, so that obviously makes him even more interesting. And so he is definitely a good shout. I'm just a little bit less convinced that that sticks around, and so that's why he doesn't make the list over some of the other names we've talked about, but definitely uh, a player to be interested in uh, for the moment. All right, let's switch over to defense. Top of the list, still Tory Krug, still doing the thing. Uh, is Tory Krug uh, after a slow start? Seems like he's found his groove here. Still, yeah, absolutely doing the thing. Three assists in his last five games, over 21 minutes a night. That was one concern I had with the new coach. Would he actually get deployment at even strength? Um, still getting power play, obviously, but the even strength deployment was a concern, and he's absolutely getting that. 38th in shots per 60, 45th in on-ice Corsi 4 per 60, 21st in on-ice scoring chances 4 per 60 amongst all defensemen in this last five games. That's really solid numbers, honestly, for Krug. I think he actually has room to improve on his season-long 38-point pace. I think he could definitely push past the 50-point pace for the rest of the season. So, like Tori Krug, a fair bit. Number two is still going to be Noah Hannafin. You could flip-flop him with Matthias Ekholm. Honestly, I might do that uh, in the show notes after this because I am starting to really get excited about Ekholm there in Edmonton. Hannafin's just so steady. like It just feels like you absolutely know what you're going to get from him over the course of a season. Might have cold stretches and hot stretches, but over the course of the season, um, you're just going to be pretty happy with what you get out of him. I will say that it is pretty... It is pretty uh, scarce out there in the defenseman waiver wire, uh, and I've talked about that at length before as well. Jared Spurgeon, Pavel Minchikov round out the list. I'm not super excited about either player. Minchikov, his minutes have decreased just a little bit um, throughout the season here. Uh, I was hoping that they might go the other way, but it doesn't seem like it. He is still getting um, kind of top power play deployment, but they have kind of switched which units they've been using more from game to game, and so it's kind of become more of a 1A, 1B thing, and so that's obviously taking some uh, some of the shine off of Minchikov's potential production. Still love the player, still think uh, the world of him, but uh, yeah, that's why he's continuing to trend down for sure. 
sub 20% rostered. I actually had a couple of players that I couldn't really decide between. Obviously, Brock Faber, what he's been able to do has been undeniable, but I'm not sure what Spurgeon's imminent return or hopefully imminent return uh, means for Brock Faber. So I didn't want to just crown him king at this point, especially when we have a player like Simon Nemich. Uh, oh, I actually read how to pronounce his name, and that's not it. Uh, I'll try to. Oh, damn <laughs> try it! To I thought you were good. I'm like, yeah, Nemich. That's what we said. Uh, Nemich, I think, is correct, but I think it's like Shimon. Uh, Shimon. Something like, like, like that. Shimon, Nemich. Shimon. Yeah. The interesting part for me about Nemich right now is that he's fourth amongst all defensemen in individual scoring chances for per 60, and he's skating over 21 minutes a night. That's just, yeah, it's really good, really good numbers uh, from him there. Uh, just the one assist to show for it in the last five games, but uh, pretty impressive, honestly, what he's been able to do as a teenager. And honestly, like uh, Luke Hughes has zero points his last five games, so who's to say that Nemec doesn't get a look there at some point on that top power play unit? If that happens, everybody's going to be screaming for him. Uh, so maybe you want to take that shot this week and just see if something changes. Uh, so 10% rostered, uh, so I kind of cheated the line here a little bit. I got Thomas Harley here at exactly 10%. Five points his last five games, including three goals. First amongst all defensemen in individual scoring chances, four per 60. Skating just under 20 minutes a night, so not quite the same deployment, but definitely producing at the moment and with good underlying stats. So I like Thomas Harley a lot. He's on a great team. He's definitely going to get points just because of that. So you can definitely do worse than Thomas Harley. From these players, Blake, who are you liking? Who are you hating? I love your bit on uh, Nemec. That's awesome. And and I'm a big fan of Brock Faber. I picked him up in three spots as well just during this stretch here. So that's been really nice. Um, yeah, I, I I like all these guys. I, I love talking about Ekholm. I think that's going to be a great player moving forward. Um, one player I did want to shout out that I have in a couple spots as well, and it has to be the right format, but Adam Larson. Uh, this guy, oh my God, I, I have him in Kikupful. And he's just, he just does stuff. Like his perifs are ridiculous. Like he's on a 22 point pace. So we're not talking like it has to make sense in your format, but this guy's 37% rostered. He's crushing these perifs. And sometimes he'll come out with like a seven shot game Think You know, he, he does stuff like that, but his perifs are ridiculous. Um, just, just an interesting player, someone to keep an eye on streamer. You know, I've held him in a couple spots because of just the consistent value that he's bringing. Sounds good. Long-term plays in net. We got Joey Decord at the top of the list here. Obviously having a terrific week so far. I don't know, honestly, uh, how long this might uh, continue. I don't know if he's going to be the zero-G guy for the year, yeah. but I did pick up Decord. I know you did as well, Blake. We were talking before. Um, yeah, he's just been terrific the last little bit, and I'll ride the flames there as long as I can. I talk about long-term plays. I've put that in air quotes uh, a fair bit when it comes to goalies. If you've heard me talk about goalies at any point, you know that uh, there's no such thing as a long-term play at goalie for me personally. So Joy Decord, about as good as it gets at the moment, but definitely we'll have to see when Grubauer does come back, what the share of that net might be. I honestly think like they're trying to win. They're trying to win games here in Seattle. So uh, whoever is giving them the best chance to do that, I think they'll roll with for a majority of games. Charlie Lindgren, number two, had another good game. 
been a little bit inconsistent of late, but I still think he's probably going to be a 1A at this point, uh, just given his play versus Kempers. Uh, so I do like Lindgren, and I do still like Elvis Merzlikens. I think he's going to get the team around him is just getting absolutely caved in. They're terrible defensively. They have no defensive structure whatsoever. So he's going to get a lot of shots. And if that's good for you in your league, then Merzlikens is a good option because he's actually pretty good at playing that. Sub 25% rostered. I'm going to shout out Alex Nedeljkovic here. It's obviously a bit of a deep cut, but uh, Jari has kind of uh, coughed up a few bad games here, and Nedeljkovic has been there to clean things up. He's played quite well the last little bit here, has garnered three wins uh, for for uh, Pittsburgh here and come in for relief of Tristan Jari as well. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just starting to think that uh, maybe Nadelkovic is actually going to take some of the net from Jari. Obviously, they gave Jari a contract in the offseason yeah. and he's part of their long-term plans, but uh, I don't think that that totally precludes the possibility that Nadelkovic could work his way into, at the very least, a timeshare and potentially even a lion's share of the Pittsburgh net. Yeah, absolutely, buddy. Um, what about James Reimer? This this man just won seven six, Nate, and you're you're not <laughs> give him his flowers, buddy. He's only seventeen percent rostered, so I don't know. They, their 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 goalies are not coming back anytime soon in Detroit. Like it's this guy's net for a little while. So for better or for worse, right? Detroit is a terrible defensive environment. They give up a boatload of shots and chances. So again, if that if suits your team, and get the biz with James Reimer. There you go. All right. I cannot sign off on James oh, at this point in his career, so but uh, yeah, it is uh, it is something that's for sure. I did actually stream James Reimer in one league. I had a bunch of ads left, and I was just looking for warm bodies to stream in net. And I was like, oh, James Reimer could have a good game here, right? And I managed to talk myself into it. No, should have should have stuck with the original thought process there. Uh, all right, we've got to talk about the head-to-head -head streamer deathmatch uh, because I continue to win um, pretty much at will at this point. Three straight W's for Nate. The oh season-long uh, stats don't really matter. All you need to know is that I've won three in a row. Uh, Gabe Velarde just absolutely went off this week. Had three yeah. goals, three assists, and three games. 29 kerfuffle points. Nick Ehlers had a nice week, a goal and three assists himself, uh, but that's only 19 points. We both picked great players, Blake. I think we should both pat ourselves on the back. Obviously, you picked incorrectly, and I picked spectacularly, but uh, we'll we'll let that slide for this week. Uh, <laughs> do you have anything to say about the matchup that was? Yeah, that's a bit hurtful, but uh, you know what? I'm going to shake it off. I'm all right. Um, you know, I'm, I love it actually when we both pick a good player because Nate and I have been in some quote unquote battles. All right. And it's literally like six couple points to four. All right. <laughs> Yay. So I love that these players went off. That's awesome. Um, and I also want to bring to everyone's attention in the show notes, Nate literally uh, put Nate one three straight in brackets. All right. <laughs> We're the only ones reading it. Uh, you know, what you, oh, God. Um, that's fine, Nate. All right. I'll give you your flowers. All right. Because <laughs> you're a champion and you can't be held down. All right. That's clear. Yeah. I, I honestly, I, I can't help myself sometimes when it comes to talking trash, even when I have no like legitimate reason to stand on uh, my performance. Like on, on the season, it is 6-4 for Blake still. I uh, did not have a good showing to start the year, but uh, I just find it so much You're fun. You're warming up. You're myself. warming up. All right. Our picks for next week. 
we're basically just picking almost any team uh, except for the four with the bad schedule that we mentioned earlier. So uh, basically picking players from a vast number of teams with Quinton Byfield ducking under the 50% line. I am going to pick Quinton Byfield for the week, still getting top power play and top line deployment in LA. And I think he will get some points for me this week. Who's going to be your guy, Blake? Just cheesy, Nate. Just a technicality right there. I think that's, I'm going to, I actually got to call Yahoo and see if this is, these numbers are accurate. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm going to take your boy, Josh Norris. All right. Ooh. That's who we're getting to biz with. Uh, they play Toronto in the first game. So I'm hoping uh, Ilya Samsonov or, Martin <laughs> yeah. you know, he can win it in the one game. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I'm looking true. for here. So that's, that's where we're at. Yep, uh, definitely a solid chance that you might score nine against the Leafs uh, with the current iteration of their goaltending. All right. Well, if you've made it this far, please do like and subscribe if you're on YouTube, or even if you're not, you can head over to the YouTube channel and hit that like and subscribe button. It really does help us out. We're trying to get to 1,000 people, and I have seen those numbers creeping up on the subscriptions, so I do appreciate each and every one of you who have done that. While you're here, if you are interested in getting some more advice, you can check out the Apples and Geos Patreon. You can get some personalized advice for myself for your teams. So check out those options. All links in the show description. As Blake mentioned, we have a totally exciting and popping off Discord server with over a thousand members at this point, which is super exciting. Uh, everybody's having a good time in there talking hockey. We recently added, uh, it was a great suggestion, we added a game discussion channel. So if you're watching games and your uh, wife and kids have no interest in hearing you yell at the sky about the happenings on the screen that are not helping your fantasy teams then you can come and complain in there we can all commiserate together and lastly i want to say thanks that's all we've got for this episode hopefully it brought you some value and helped you get a little bit better at fantasy hockey today all the advanced stats you heard today came from natural statric which is a terrific free resource Many thanks to the band there, there for supplying the music for this podcast. Be sure to check out their Spotify as well. That's it, folks. Much love. Mm-hmm.